The objective to deliver the NBA to you like no other. News, play breakdowns, power rankings, storylines you never hear talked about anywhere else. It's all straight shots here. Fired by straight shooters. S and Gun. This is the Objective Basketball Podcast. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Listen, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Objective Basketball Podcast, where our Christmas comes a little bit later because it is the trade deadline. And we have our first, technically, our first trade of the trade deadline bonanza that's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. Uh, the trade went down just before we were about to record our podcast. It's not official official, but it is about to be official. The Los Angeles Lakers, which will be a talking point of this podcast, by the way, uh, have traded Kendrick Nunn and three second round draft picks to the Washington Wizards in exchange for Rui Hachimura, the ninth overall pick in the 2019 NBA draft. As some of you may know, if you've been following along, there were some clips, some stuff about Rui not being happy in Washington. He wanted to get traded. There was that quote of him saying, hey, do you want to stay here? And he said, I want to go where I'm wanted. And clearly the Los Angeles Lakers wanted him. Three second round draft picks. Kendrick Nunn, who is has been a pretty big disappointment for that team. I would say this is a highway robbery for the Lakers. I think they uh, have you ever watched Dora the Explorer? Yeah, <laughs> of course I have. This is okay. this is swiper, swiper. no swiping all swiper, day. no swiping all day. This is exactly <laughs> what it is. Uh, they came and you know Dora was like, oh no, it's swiper. <laughs> Anyways, either way, I love the Dora impression. That was five stars. Oh thank my you, thank god, you. I appreciate you. I, I didn't know your voice you. could go that high. <laughs> Listen, man, we do voice acting on the side commercials. <laughs> Holla at your boy, ladies and gentlemen. But, uh, yes, that is that is essentially the deal that went down. The Lakers, um, they get someone who is going to be a restricted free agent this summer, Lauren. Um, someone who's young. I believe he's only maybe 25 or 24, 25. I'm going to double check his age real quick. But, uh, look, he's a younger player. 24. Um, he, he's 24. He is a wing, sort of a wing player, although he's probably more of a four. Um, he's struggled in terms of shooting. He only shoots 33% from uh, behind the arc, averaging 13 points this season. Uh, he had a rough last season because he missed a significant amount of time due to personal reasons. Uh, and he came back this year. He's had a pretty decent stretch for the Wizards, but it didn't seem like they were on the same page in terms of a contract extension. And because of that, it obviously, you know, it kind of moved from there and the Lakers ended up nabbing him. Now, I don't know which side you want to talk about first. Mm -hmm. I feel like the Lakers side is the more yeah. easy side to talk about. So what are your, I guess, what are your impressions on the trade so far? I mean, when I saw, <laughs> when I saw the alert, I, I didn't believe it because I was like, <laughs> This is absolutely highway robbery, and and we'll yeah. we'll get into the Washington side of it. But for for LA, even though some people might question the fit, uh, the shooting, the size, like where he fits, and and him maybe not being their number one need overall, to me he just gives them flexibility. Like when you're yeah. 24, you can pretty much, and and I think Rui is the type of player that can grow in a lot of different directions. So I think it was a fantastic pickup for the Lakers when you're a team, and this goes for any team, not just the Lakers, but when you're a team that needs to identify situations that are maybe not panning out very well somewhere else, but that could look completely different in a, in a different situation. Uh, you need to go identify those situations, especially when you're dealing with limited assets. And so for the Lakers, I think it's a phenomenal move. The fact that they moved Kendrick Nunn and only second round picks and still have other very tradable contracts. Um, and I'm not referring to the Russell Westbrook contract, which could still get moved, but you know, yeah. Patrick Beverly, uh, Wendon Gabriel, like they've got smaller, smaller contracts that they could still move. So I think it's a good deal for the Lakers uh, trying to find lineups where he can fit, whether it be staggering him, whatever the case may be. I think it just gives them flexibility and options um, and, and, and having the size, especially with there being times where Anthony Davis might not be available. Again, having guys that give you more size that aren't a Damian Jones, Wendon Gabriel, um, prototype. I think it's, right. I think it's an added bonus. So I love the move for the Lakers. For the Wizards, 
I don't know that I'm too thrilled if I'm Bradley Beal. <laughs> I mean, again, I, I will say you never know what's going on behind the scenes when there's kind of a disconnect uh, with the contract yeah. extensions. Like that could be, that can be like one of those factors that's kind of just laying over you that is just a, it's not good, but yeah. it always sucks when you have a guy that was taken top 10 overall and then you turn around just a couple of years later and move him for a pretty underwhelming package. So for the Wizards, you know, again, you never know how bad it was, but it doesn't look great. Look, I get it. Uh, first round draft picks get moved all the time, especially yeah. when things don't work out. And he wasn't going to be extending there, obviously, because of the contract negotiations. But he was your ninth overall pick in 2019. Um, he showed a decent amount of promise in college. Uh, I think in his first three, three and a half seasons, if we're not including last year, um, despite health and injury stuff that happened to him, I think he showed enough promise to be like, okay, Let's kind of kick the can down the road and see what you look on your second contract. Um, I understand this from the Wizards' perspective if they're saying Kyle Kuzma is our guy. He is yeah. the number one guy we want to re-sign this summer. They've mentioned it a million and one times that he is he is part of their long-term outlook on things with Bradley Beal and maybe even Kristaps Porzingis. That's kind of like their, their mid you know, uh, big <laughs> three that they're creating there. Sure. But at the same time, let's say Kyle Kuzma is not interested in re-signing, and Kyle Kuzma decides to walk this summer. And now you're left with, okay, we have Denny Avdia, we have Corey Kispert, we, th those are our wings. Those are the guys that we have. Uh, and now you don't have a Rui Hachimura, a younger guy, to kind of back up and, and, f and fall behind, right? You don't have that, mm -hmm. that guy you can kind of depend on if Kuzma decides to walk. So right. for the Wizards, getting three second-round picks and Kendrick Nunn, who I don't think I think we'll be out the league probably very soon uh, just because he he's he hasn't been what people imagined him to be after his rookie season he just right. really has fallen off a cliff um, and the the thing with second round picks I don't know if you feel this way Lauren but like mm -hmm. they're not as valuable <laughs> as, oh, as really? people make yeah. them out to be I don't think so I, I think like okay if you're if you're gonna be sending out three second round picks those right. second round picks can come back to you very quickly. You can acquire 100%. second round picks at, for cash, at, for cash in the trade <laughs> yeah. deadline, uh, literally on draft night. If you're like, <laughs> I want a second round pick, you can go ahead and get a second round pick. You can. So I just I don't think um, that was enough value coming back for me. Yeah, uh, I would have preferred some kind of first round pick. Some even if it was pr protected, heavily protected, that converted into two seconds or something. That would have made a lot more sense for me. If you're from the Wizards side of things, the yes. Lakers. We talked about this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, but they just need guys. Yep. Um, they just need rotation players, guys who can fill into a rotation and be solid. And mm -hmm. honestly, despite Hachimura being a up and down player, still working on him, still uh, on himself, still developing, still young, I think he is a guy. I think he is a rotation player. I really do think he's a guy that probably sticks in the NBA. Yeah. Um, and I think he will inevitably get a little bit better. The other aspect of this is that when you play with Bradley Beal or Kristaps Porzingis, those aren't guys that can make you look better on a basketball court. LeBron Absolutely. James, Luka Doncic, those type of guys, those are the guys that will accentuate your strengths. They will make you play to your strengths. LeBron is a guy that's going to make Rui look really, really good. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if I can even add to this, getting, I mean, what they got Kendrick Nunn for in free agency, obviously you, you're not committing a whole lot of money. You're not committing anything long-term. Yeah. You move him for the second round picks that, again, like we said, you can get second round picks like that if you really want to. The easiest position to replace in the NBA is a depth point guard, an offensive-minded, offensive-oriented point guard, and the Lakers are pretty much always the top destination in the buyout market. So for them to essentially move someone who was having an underwhelming year, they didn't have long-term money committed to, it just there wasn't a whole lot of previous investment there to bring someone in like this who we're talking about the fit right now, but there's a very, our last podcast, we talked about LeBron James being the most likely superstar to ask out. Yeah. So there's a world in which... All of a sudden, you know what? Things take a turn, and all of a sudden, they're back in that, you know, retooling, reset stage. And if you have a young guy to add to that core, like Rui Hachimura, again, it just gives you flexibility. So yeah. I think it's a really solid move for the Lakers, and I think that there's a very real possibility that they end up um, adding more point guards via the buyout market or even just um, via trade that that really doesn't end up costing a whole lot. 
Yeah, I'm I'm looking at it right now just to just to double check. So Rui Hachimura, he's hit 33% of his catch and shoot threes this season. That's that's essentially look. The Lakers have struggled from the three point line as a whole, but even having a guy like Rui, by the way, last season catch and shoot threes, 47% for Rui Hachimura. <laughs> so yeah. he's shown an ability to shoot before. I think. Yeah especially with guys like LeBron James and Anthony Davis creating space, there is a situation where Rui will will, will actually thrive. be the shooting help. Yeah, right, yeah. he'll thrive. Um, and I think that shooting help is necessary for the Lakers, who are in desperate need of that. Obviously, they had that huge comeback last night against the Blazers, which was a massive win there. They're kind of, to put this into perspective, and I think we can probably talk about the Lakers and where they are. Because, ladies and gentlemen, if you've read the title for this podcast, it is about the, the teams, the three teams. Lauren and I have picked three teams each that need to be very aggressive at the trade deadline. Go all mm -hmm. in. Buy now. Be buyers in this market. Uh, one of those teams that both of us probably agree on is the Los Angeles Lakers. Mm -hmm. um, and they, they're showing that right now. They're showing right. a willingness to do that by trading for Rui Hachimura. And... I, I think the, the main aspect of this for me is like, look, now you have even more pieces to work with. If you remember a few months ago, it was none, Beverly, and a few, and a 2027 first for something else. Now they've broken that up. It's, it's none in three seconds for Rui Hachimura. Okay, how can we move Beverly and a couple other, maybe a first round pick for someone else. And now let's see if we can move Russell Westbrook and another first round pick for something even bigger than that. And now you have three or four rotation pieces coming in to play with LeBron and AD. Yep. That to me is, uh, that that's a ingenious move. I, th I think that's a really smart move from the Lakers. Um, and I think that makes a lot of sense. When it comes to them being buyers, they need to be aggressive. Like we've, we've talked about this before. This is a mm -hmm. team that absolutely has to go all in because LeBron James is playing out of his mind. He's keeping the Lakers within play-in, playoff range. I just tweeted this out last night, but the Pelicans, who are fourth in the Western Conference, right, mm -hmm. are only four games ahead of the Los Angeles Lakers, who are 12th in the Western Conference. That's crazy. Four to 12, just four games separating them. That means you go on a four or five game winning streak, you are right there. Yep. With the, you know what I mean? So I, for me, it's like, look, you could pick any team in that middle pack of the West that should go all in, that should buy now, because the West is wide open. Yeah. And I I don't I don't mean to go on like this whole Lakers should do this spiel, but if you're the Lakers and you end up as the eighth or the seventh seed and you're facing off against the Nuggets, who you've had your fair share of playoff battles with and you felt comfortable playing before. Um, and you face off against the Grizzlies, who are young, exciting, very, very good, but they're still young. They're still figuring it out. Or mm -hmm. the Pelicans, who are also young and inexperienced. If I'm the Lakers and I'm looking at that, I'm saying, look, I like my chances. Give Absolutely. me LeBron and AD in a series against those guys. Give me some rotation players I can rely on, and let's see what happens from there. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I think that they're I think that they're finding themselves in a position where we're starting to see this. OK, you have this trade and, and I think every just about every person is going to say that the Lakers won this trade. Yeah, but this is this is just a step because what the Lakers could still do going into this deadline like you mentioned, their current position in the standings and what it could look like if they just get on a hot stretch uh, and, and continue to have everybody healthy. This could be this could be a legitimate problem because it's it would not take much for the Lakers to make one one maybe bigger move and then maybe even a, another very small move that yeah. kind of just propels them to the top of uh the standings even because they're just they can they can have more talent if they really want to especially making a move like this and still having picks and so um i think uh Woj tweeted out their current second round pick situation let me pull it up here to, to take another quick look at what uh picks that they sent out and which which sure. they have left uh but i feel like for the lakers i'm curious to see what so they, they prioritize now Sorry, Lauren. They, they, I just no, want to clarify the trade. It's Rui Hachimura for Kendrick Nunn, a 2023 second via Chicago, a 2029 Los Angeles Lakers second, and the least favor favorable second between the uh, the Wizards and Lakers in 2028. Either way, like like we right. said earlier, like the, it doesn't. That's not as substantial of a package as you'd imagine. Right. You know. 
So they still have other seconds. They still have other seconds to move. And then yeah. they still have the first that, you know, we've been talking about for months now. And so for the Lakers, I'm not going to be surprised at all if they go out and go. I mean, there was it was talked about, I believe it was this morning uh, that Josh Richardson is available for a second round pick. Um, and, and we've talked about the Russell Westbrook for Jakob Pertl, Josh Richardson, Doug McDermott. That yeah. would shock me if it happened, but it would not shock me at all to see them go out and move, you know, Patrick Beverly for a Doug McDermott or Patrick Beverly for a Josh yeah. Richardson, another better system fit. And so, and then, and then you go out on the buyout market and you sign for a vet minimum, another point guard who can come in and, and give you qual- maybe not quality minutes, but can at least provide the depth that you're give looking you for. Give you something. Yeah. Yeah. Give you something. And so, um, as much as we, as, as everybody, I think has joked about the Lakers and said, oh, okay, well, even the the two first round picks, I don't really know what that could get them at this point. I think that they're kind of trending in a in a towards a direction where it's like, hey, if they want to move the two firsts with Russell Westbrook, they could, but there's also a world in which they don't, and they move those two first round picks with. Patrick Beverly and Damian Jones, and that's $15 million right there, and go out and try to get somebody else. I mean, they, they have pathways, and we're seeing this, I think, right now with this Rui deal. Um, and so I, I'm going to be very intrigued to see, do they try and prioritize? Do they try and revisit the Buddy Heald, Miles Turner? Are they interested in getting another dominant five-man? Or do they like with or do they feel confident enough with what they've seen from Anthony Davis and trust his availability come playoff time to maybe focus on another wing or even a guard or, or, you know, I'm curious to see what their priorities are and if maybe this deal uh, and, and where they're at with Anthony Davis, if that shifts things as we get closer and closer to February 9th. Yeah. And uh, look, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see, what they end up doing. I know they were interested in Boyan Bogdanovich. Maybe that mm-hmm. deal is still out there for mm-hmm. them to maybe do a Beverly um, Beverly and Lonnie Walker and maybe one of those picks for a Boyan Bogdanovich. That could be interesting because now you have yeah. now you have Boyan who's a certified shooter, certified scorer beside LeBron and AD. You have Rui who has shown that he can shoot in the past. Maybe that bolsters your offense a little bit more. Um I think that makes sense. I do think that that makes that makes a certain amount of sense. And and like breaking up their assets this way to go after multiple pieces makes a ton of sense. To me. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I look, I mean, just I think this is the Lakers aspect of things right now that yeah. we're having. Uh, just to reiterate, it's it's look, LeBron is, you know, what you signed up for when you sign when you trade and you sign for LeBron James and you trade mm-hmm. for Anthony Davis it, it's just yeah. you understand the implications when you go for guys like that because it means that you will have to give up your draft capital in the future and now in order to win now i mean when you have LeBron at his age doing what he's doing right now and Anthony Davis prior to his injury being an all NBA guy you mm-hmm. have to you have to double down on that. That is you not do. a circumstance where you where you can't double down on. And I think to to you know so far in this trade deadline, to the Lakers' credit, they've done that. They they acquired Hachimura today. They probably aren't done with moves. I imagine no. those two first round picks will end up getting moved as well. I imagine they they kind of shake things up a little bit more. But to your point and to what I said earlier, the West is wide open. Um, so it kind of makes sense for one of these other teams to also feel that way as well outside mm-hmm. of the Lakers. Do you have anybody else that you, you want to add into this list? Because I guess Lakers would be our first pick here if, yeah, if we, we had to do it. What's what's another one? Yeah, let's let's go. I feel like we just got to get this one out of the way. Uh, the Warriors. I think you, you, you've got a big... You've got a lot of opportunity there uh, in terms of they have picks available for trade. They've got tradable contracts. Um, I mean, I'm looking at I don't know that I'm necessarily putting all my chips in on James Wiseman getting moved, but yeah. that $10 million and that kind of, I guess, still looming question mark on what's the ceiling, what's the, there are so many questions there. You've got the James Wiseman, Dante DiVincenzo, um, and then you've still got even some of these younger guys like Ryan Rollins, uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr. on these really small contracts that if you need to plug in some money or if you want to go for a younger asset, you can still go you can put put some some money together to make it happen i think they also have that jermichael green is is a decent little uh number in there that they can plug to match some money but i think he's a good fit so i don't i don't really know how in, intrigued they are to do that um but when i'm looking at the warriors when you've got guys playing like jordan Poole playing at the level that he's playing at steph obviously still kind of coming back into things but 
you can see he's still staff. There's there's really no question there. Yeah. Um, you've got to, in the same sense that we're talking about LeBron and having to commit to that, especially given the age, given just all the factors, you have to do the same thing with the Warriors and with Steph Curry. And so, and, and even with Clay and Draymond to an extent, and well, Draymond's another question mark, but um, yeah. right now, I think for the Warriors, there are deals out there that they could go out and really try and, commit more and, and and I guess change the scale a little bit with take away some of these youth guys and substitute them for more win now guys and to me the Miles Turner deal is the one that's the most intriguing uh and a package of James Wiseman and Dante DiVincenzo makes the money match and I think it could make sense for the Pacers if they continue down that route and and get more of an idea that he's going to leave um but even another deal out there that I I think could be really intriguing is a Jordan Clarkson, Jared Vanderbilt package uh, that gets the Jazz some draft assets and then even some of these younger guys like DiVincenzo, Wiseman, uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr. That money works and then, you know, give and take the draft assets. I just, I, I think that there are many frameworks out there uh, for the Warriors to really upgrade and address what they need right now. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And if I had to, uh, to some extent, I would probably bunch the Warriors and Lakers into one category, one. not in sure. the sense that they have the same amount of potential. I think the Warriors are much closer to their end goal than what the Lakers are right now. But I, I think in terms of teams who have aging stars, who yep. are trying to toggle the long-term outlook of things and the short-term outlook of things, I think it is very clear that you have to give Steph Curry a chance this yeah. season. Um, especially because you don't know what's going to happen with Draymond Green in the summer. There may be, uh, you know, they probably don't end. And, you know, you saw that quote the other day with Draymond Green saying the writing is on the wall. <laughs> There's probably an indication there that he doesn't resign or yeah. that the money doesn't work and, and they end up moving him that way. So I personally think that the Warriors are in a similar situation here where, and they're in a better situation because they have the yes. young guys to move. They have guys who have some kind of value. Um, and that's 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 100%. There's no question for me that they should go for a move. What that move is 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 something I've been toggling my brain around. Like, does Jakob Pertl make sense for the Warriors as a yeah. backup big to help Kevon Looney? Does that make sense for them? Maybe it does. And I, I think yeah. getting a getting a big is is probably one of the things that they're looking at. Maybe some more guard depth. Maybe a wing player that can help them now. Although I think Kaminga has turned things around a little bit. I'm not sure what that player is. I would have been interested in them going for uh, Rui Hachimura, to be honest, if the price was this low, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I think I think there's no question that both these teams got to make a move. What that yeah. move is is kind of who knows, but I, I think they're in a similar boat where the move is necessary to be made, and you have right. to kind of – you have to give it to these young stars, or sorry, these old stars. Give <laughs> yeah, them, right. yeah, yeah, not not young stars anymore. <laughs> give the give the old stars a chance to to win now because you don't know how many more seasons you have. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much it with the Warriors and Lakers. Uh, do you want me to throw out another team? I would love it. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. So so look, uh, higher on the Western Conference totem pole. I think the Memphis Grizzlies have a chance to do something interesting here and make some moves. I think uh, so they have they have the obviously they have the 2024 Warriors first that they have ta kind of dangled around here. They have mm -hmm. Danny Green's contract, which is a 10 million dollar contract, and they have an abundance of kind of young players that they can attach to that to go out and get a big time player. Whether that be adding a Jake Laravia or a Zaire right. Williams or a, you know any one of the the younger players that they have, right? I think the Grizzlies are in a position to make a not a massive win now move, not right. go out and trade for Kevin Durant, not go out and trade for this big name star, but I yeah. think they can add a very very solid rotation piece or maybe an extra starter that can solidify them and make them, in my opinion, the certified Western Conference team. Right. Who that player is, I'm not sure. I think amongst Raptors circles, uh, Gary Trent Jr. is a guy who has been mentioned a lot, I think, in terms of adding a scoring punch and a shooting punch. And he's a decent defender. He's a, at the very least a neutral defender. I think that's a guy they could be interested in. I yeah. think they have the assets to move, for, move him, right? Because you probably, 
Gary probably works for a pick, maybe some expiring salary, and maybe one of those young guys, and, and you probably get him. So with the extra draft capital that the Grizzlies have, I could see them making a move for a player like that, in that yeah. tier of player. I would have mentioned Kyle Kuzma, but it seems like the Wizards are another team that want, you know, they want to keep Kuzma. But right. Kuzma makes a ton of sense for that squad as well. So those type of players, I think, could put the nug- uh, the Nuggets, the, the Grizzlies, <laughs> over the top and make them the favorites. Because right now it's it's Denver, it's Memphis, it's it's New Orleans, if you want to mention them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the teams that are kind of separating themselves from the rest of the pack, although New Orleans is dealing with injuries right now to Brandon Ingram and Zion Williams. I think, what, Williamson, I think the Grizzlies absolutely could make some kind of a move. And it, it, you know what? The Grizzlies have never been that type of team. They're not right. the team to go out and shake things up. They're pretty comfortable being the young team with draft capital that can kind of insert these guys into the lineup and Taylor Jenkins gets them to be useful players almost immediately. They're very comfortable being in that situation. But if you're looking at your odds this season, um, and, you know, obviously John Morant seems very confident in his abilities to get out of the Western Conference. He said the only team that scares him is the Celtics. Uh, I think I think the Grizzlies should make a move, should shake yeah. things up. Not in a major way, really not in a major way, but just in a you have some expiring salaries, you have yeah. a little bit of extra draft capital, you can add one of your young guys and maybe go out and get a Gary Trent Jr. Maybe go out and get a, um, you know, who knows if Kyle Kuzma will be available, but that type of player, right? Right. Yeah, no, I think the Grizzlies, I, I like the call out because while they are young and they're still very much on the rise and you can see how they could potentially wait for that consolidation trade or wait uh, for that, that supposed right moment. But right yeah. now you mentioned the expiring salaries and uh, Dylan Brooks for 11.4 million and Danny Green and 10 million. Those are very, very movable contracts. And so when you have those guys who are going to expire, obviously you will probably be in much different situations in terms of the money that they'll be making on their next contract or on their next deal. Uh, But 20 million or even just moving one of the 10 million like that, that can really, really present some opportunity. If you combine that with a young player um, on one of these rookie deals or even some, some picks that they have, I mean, they've got so many picks. Um, I really, really think that the Memphis Grizzlies are primed to potentially make a move and, and, I don't think it will necessarily be the big consolidation trade that will inevitably come with the Grizzlies, but I absolutely think that a Gary Trent Jr. could be a really good addition for them. Um, They were linked to OG Ananobi. Uh, I think that price, uh, while it will be high, I feel like they could get someone like a Gary Trent Jr. or or another type of player that we've been talking about that kind of fits Mm. that mold for a much more reasonable price that they're willing to meet that still gives them the flexibility flexibility yeah. to then go make that big consolidation trade um so i really like the gary trent call out uh but i I'm, I'm curious to see what they do with dylan brooks because to me uh much more so than danny green he's the one that's intriguing that i think a lot of teams out there right now could really use a guy like that and maybe use him in a different maybe not a different way but just maybe different expectations whether it be lower it could even be higher depending higher, on what yeah. team he goes to so yeah. Um, I think Memphis is in a really interesting spot where they could make that move and try and really take a, even another leap um, mm. or could even stand pat and just and just wait for that right deal to come. But, yeah, yeah. it'll be interesting. I think I think uh, I think that Warriors pick right now looks really interesting to me. Um, yeah. And if you're another team looking out on the outside and you're like, hey, maybe Draymond leaves this year. In the summer, maybe they retool a little bit. Obviously, Steph is still on the roster. They'll still be competitive. But look, mm-hmm. that Warriors pick doesn't seem too bad. It could be a middling pick next year. Um, so that's interesting to me. I, to, to Dylan Brooks' front, I don't think they end up moving Brooks. I don't just think so either. He, he seems like he's way too important to like the ethos of that yeah, team. You know, like the, the, the identity whatever, too. Yeah, the identity, the chutzpah, if you will, the confidence, <laughs> right? Like it's just he, he exudes a lot of that. He exuded a lot of that this week weekend against Shannon Sharp that's a whole nother conversation um <laughs> but I I think uh I think like Dylan Brooks seems like a guy they want to resign they want to keep uh he seems like the fourth guy next to Jaron and Bain and Jaw that they yes. kind of want to build this team around but 
Elsewhere, the Danny Green $10 million contract, Xavier Tillman is another guy that they were kind of looking towards and, and moving off of him. Who he, he only makes $2 million a year. They can add in, uh, I don't know, a Kennedy Chandler, a John Conchar, a David Roddy, maybe even a Jake LaRavia, their, their picks this year, to kind of make things work. A Santi Aldama. They have so many young guys mm-hmm. that, in my opinion – could intrigue a team that might want to go a different direction. And that, you know, the Raptors are a team that might want to go to a different direction, might want to retain guys who are on multi-year rookie-scale contracts because that's that's kind of the, the name of the game here for the Raptors is saving money but also getting guys you can kind of build on and have them on long-term deals. So I think Gary Trent Jr. is an interesting one. There are probably other names out there that they could they could go after, but – yeah. Yeah, Grizzlies are are one of my. They should they should be active this deadline, yeah. if anything. Teams and and what's another one for you? Yeah, so kind of in a similar. This might be a little bit of a, a hot take because to me, it's this is a similar conversation as Memphis. Less assets mm-hmm. to move, but to me, I think Denver should really look at pushing their chips in a little bit. If yeah. not, I don't want to say all the way, but because. I don't want to say all the way, but to me, the bat, the level that they're playing at right now, the roster construction, the blend of youth and veteran presence, yeah. you got Jokic from, I mean, our conversation last, last week when we talked about the level that he's playing at, you've got, you've got it all. Every yeah. box is being checked right now and the West is wide open. The East is really, really tough, but the West is pretty wide open and you're already at the top. So if you can make a move that helps separate you even more, I absolutely think Denver should consider pushing some chips in um uh, from what i can tell their biggest the biggest conversation that a lot of people keep having is they need depth at the five they need some some backup a backup big yep and i think there are plenty of guys out there that they could go get for pretty cheap i think nas reed is a guy i think even daniel gafford if they had to if they can if Rui hachimura you can get him for three second round picks i think you can get daniel gafford (laughs) for you know nothing too crazy um even though he is pretty important to kind of what they've they've got going um, even someone like Jackson Hayes, who I think I'd probably rather have Nas Reed or Daniel Gafford. But the point is, is I think Denver could go out and get someone that fits that mold that's young and that could continue to grow. Uh, but also there are also guys out there like you, you got Jared Vanderbilt that could bring him back after yeah. all this time. Isaiah Hartenstein, like there are so, so, so many options out there. If they can just make a couple of really around the edges moves around the edge moves to complement. Um, even the signings they made back in free agency with uh, Bruce Brown being, I think, probably the most important one. Yeah. Um, I think they're really, really set to kind of take this next step because if yeah. they can, if they can really solidify themselves at the top of the West and show that okay, we're not just a regular season team, but you really don't want to play us come playoff mm-hmm. time. I think this is the season for them to do it. I really do. It's I 100% agree with you. It's to, it's to the same conversation of the Grizzlies where yes. like. What do you have to lose at this point? Because how many more opportunities are you going to have where your conference is this wide open? You seem like you're the favorites in that conference yeah. to to win it out. You probably have the best player in the conference, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And 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 to me, they have been magnificent every single time I've watched the Nuggets. They have been exceptional, flawless. Yeah, yeah, genuinely flawless basketball. A lot of it has to do with Jokic, but Jamal Murray is turning a corner. Michael Porter Jr. looks better every time I Aaron watch Gordon. him. Yeah. Aaron Gordon, you know, he wants to be an All Star. I don't think he'll end up getting there, but like <laughs> in all he's honesty, very he, well. he's playing really, really well. Probably the best basketball of his career. And then you have the Bruce Browns, the Kentavious Caldwell Popes. I think. You know, I I did a video on the Nuggets, uh, I think, last month, uh, somewhere before Christmas. And a lot of it was, okay, what's wrong with their defense? The biggest mm-hmm. aspect of what they struggled with defensively was with their bench. Their starters yeah. are exceptional defensively. They can kind of hold down the fort. But it's the bench that really struggles. It's Bones Highland who gets cooked on pick and rolls and gets feasted on. It's obviously DeAndre Jordan and Jeff Green are guys who you can't really rely on as big men. So... Finding that rim protecting big that can help you will really, really shore up things for them. I love yep. the Isaiah Isaiah Hartstein sh- shout out. I think that's a great pick for them. That's a guy who can kind of I don't want to say he emulates Jokic, but he can right. make passes. He can kind of move things around similar to a Jokic type player where you're right. you have that playmaking hub, that post playmaking hub. Nas Reed is a great guy. I could I think could could solidify them a little bit defensively, but he's also a restricted free agent. Uh, he's an unrestricted free agent, excuse me. 
and they're going to have to pay him. So I don't know if that makes sense, if that's yeah. a viable option. Sure. But I love both shout outs. Um, yeah. I think, I think those make a lot of sense for both. Honestly, both of them do. So yeah, I like that. I like that. The Nuggets is a good pick. I also, I, I want them to go out and do it because I would love to see a Nuggets NBA finals run. God, no I kidding. Think, That'd be amazing. Yeah. Jokic is, uh, Jokic is going to get a lot of heat if he ends up winning a third MVP, but then doesn't end up getting to either the conference finals or the finals. I think that's, that's going to be one of those. It'll be a silly argument, but yeah. it'll be one of those, oh, Jokic is a three time MVP, <laughs> but he never won anything, you know? So, yeah. Um, that's fair. Yes, that is that is always a weird spot. So I'm going to move to the Eastern Conference. We've been talking about the West a little bit. Perfect. Switch it over to the Eastern Conference. I think the Milwaukee Bucks should be in win-now mode. Uh, yeah. I think they've struggled this year. They Their offense has looked pretty abhorrent without Chris Middleton. Uh, even with Chris Middleton, they, they kind of haven't been able to establish a lot of continuity. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo, he has had a great season by any player's NBA standards, but for his own standards has had a little bit of a downward slope just because mm -hmm. of the shooting inefficiency. Um, you know, he's, he's not hitting the same mid range shots as he was the last couple of seasons. He's kind of taken a step back there offensively, to be honest with you. I think that's, that's partly because they're asking him to do too much offensively and to mm -hmm. create his own shot a little bit too, too much offensively. Uh, Drew Holiday has been very hit or miss, uh, inconsistent. But to be honest with you, I think the the main thing with Milwaukee is that they just need more, like depth, just yeah. guys they can rely on consistently. Uh, some more wing pieces could be great as well. But I just I don't know. I've I've heard rumors. You know, obviously you read the rumors of like they're interested in a Cam Reddish. Grayson Allen might be on the move. That was something that we saw today. Mm -hmm. Um. And there's there's some kind of talks of maybe a Jordan Clarkson. That was something that was mentioned. Maybe a Malik Beasley. I think those are the right type of guys to go for. They need yeah. the shooting. They need the extra shot creation. But they don't have much assets. Um, right. That's the issue here with the Bucks. It's just that they don't have much to move in terms of you know draft picks. They have sent most of their future draft picks to New Orleans for the Drew Holiday swap. They can send off their 2029 pick. Which, sure, they can maybe move off their 2028 pick if they would like to. Um, but, th again, that's that's kind of like risky business if you're working in that regard because of, you know, Giannis being at a point where he might be gone at that point. Right. Um, and then the other guys are aging. I think most importantly, I would love for the Bucks to go and get someone young. Um, yeah. And, you know, we mentioned this before in a couple of other podcasts, but Brooke Lopez, he's an expiring. He's 34 years old. Um, Drew Holiday, he's not an expiring. He has three years left on his deal, but he's 32 years old. And then you have Joe Ingles, 35. Pat Connaughton, 30. George Hill, 36. Um, who else do we have? Grayson Allen and, and Bobby Portis, who are younger, are 27. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's it's just like you have no real young guy no real exciting young player that you can say, okay, when Brooke Lopez is, you know, kind of aging out, when Drew Holiday is aging out, when Chris Middleton is aging out, you have Giannis to pair with this person. They right. have none of that at all. And on top of that, they don't have the assets to necessarily go out and get that type of player. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know where they go from here, but I do think that 2029 first round draft pick is something they move. I think they yep. maybe add Grayson Allen. Um, and to me, Jordan Clarkson is a guy that makes a lot of sense because yep. he helps you creation-wise. He helps you offensively, and they are in dire need of that. So Milwaukee is my pick to, to kind of make a win-now move. Yes, the East is not as wide open. I think mm -hmm. Boston has separated themselves. I think Philly looks good. I think Milwaukee looks good. Well, sort of good here and then. Um, <laughs> right. But at the same time, I think like – if you're the Bucks, you feel confident in Giannis's abilities. You feel confident in Chris maybe getting healthy, right. Andrew getting healthy, and then you you go from there. But yeah, they they need some help. Yeah, I like I like the Jordan Clarkson uh, mention. It, it it's tough because on one hand I'm like, 
okay, they need to be prioritizing these. They need, they need to not be necessarily focusing on the super young guys to look at, okay, who's going to be this next youth movement to kind of work and build around with Giannis. They need to be looking at the kind of similar to what they did with Drew Holiday when they made that trade. They need to be hitting on the 29, 30, 31 guys and, and, and make moves for guys that are going to age well. Uh, but when you have limited first round picks, it's, it's difficult to do that. So um, I think the Jordan Clarkson one is a really intriguing. I mean, honestly, a lot of those jazz guys could come in and yeah. fit. I mean, from, from Malik Beasley and Jordan Clarkson, even down to someone like Rudy Gay, who could be a really mm-hmm. solid plug and play player um, in Milwaukee. Uh, there are always young guys that I think are just hanging out there that have kind of fallen into this kind of limbo land that I consider to be intriguing young players that may just need a new situation, but that are now low. I I don't want to say low end, but they don't cost as much similar to what we just saw with Rui Hachimura. I think a guy like Darius Baisley or even Trey Mann, who has been going back and forth from the G league to playing this with this full roster. And you look at a team like OKC who loves some picks. (laughs) I think you've got guys that you could potentially go out and, and trade a Grayson Allen and a first round pick and get some of these guys that are no longer um, the key nucleus to an OKC. Mm-hmm. And I think you have guys like definitely Darius Baisley, Trey Mann to a lesser extent. Uh, but if you really want to try and go much younger, I think there are opportunities out there. Uh, and those are two guys that I think you could instant, even though they're young, you could plug them in right now and they could give you something. Um, but, you know, you've got teams like the Timberwolves, even Dallas to an extent with contracts that need to get moved with veteran players that you can plug and play. I don't know that they have a whole lot of creation, but if they are looking at potentially trying to recoup some draft assets, they could look at um, even a New York for an Evan Fournier type deal and, 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 take that contract on and potentially get a Cam Reddish or even uh, more draft assets or even the Duncan Robinson. You got less creation there, but more shooting and you can probably get more draft assets, maybe even like a Max Struess or a younger younger guy to add on to that for taking on that contract. I think that's that's the direction on in addition to the Jordan Clarkson route that I could really see Milwaukee going come That's a good point. Time. Yeah, that's actually a really good point to to kind of recoup uh, you know, regain some of those assets that you've lost is is gain a couple of first round draft picks for taking on these bigger contracts. Um, yeah. I think that's really interesting. It might be tight because of the fact that Brooke Lopez is up for extension because yeah. Chris Middleton is definitely going to be up for extension this summer. I believe he has a player option that he can yeah. opt out of. Uh, let me just double check that real quick. But yeah, so yes, it is a $40 million player option for 2023-2024. I imagine he opts out of that because he's going to be he's no, gonna, he's going to be up for some coin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, regardless, I think the contract situation makes it a little bit tougher for them to take on salary, but it's yeah. interesting. It's an interesting thought to say, hey, can they move something? Right. To the same degree, um, I guess another team that I have here is the Clippers because okay. they are also yeah. like aging in that sense. <laughs> they have a lot of older pieces. Again, Marcus Morris, thirty-three years old. Robert Covington, thirty-two. Nicholas Batum, thirty-four. Reggie Jackson, thirty-two. John Wall, thirty-two. They do yeah. have young guys, though, that I think could interest some teams. I think Terrence Mann is a guy who could be interesting to some teams. Amir Coffey is a guy who could be interesting to a couple teams. Uh, maybe Luke Kennard is a guy who could be interesting to some teams. So if they – if they like, the Clippers are also one of those teams where it's like, man, this they have not been able to show us much in the sense of like – yeah, we believe in you guys. Yeah, we we, yeah. we think you guys have a good chance, and they haven't been afforded the the benefit of the doubt here in the sense that you know they're resting guys and Kawhi and PG aren't playing in back to back, so we should be okay come April. But they have never shown that. They've never right. shown that they are going to be okay come April. I think that's always been a question mark with them. But if they want to solidify that core and kind of go for for players, I think Utah is another team to look at here. Because if Utah is interested in a Terrence Mann or Utah is interested in a Luke Kennard or a Amir Coffey or whatever, um, adding one of their, I think, I believe they can give up the 2029 first round draft pick. That seems like an interesting deal for Jared Vanderbilt or mm-hmm. yeah. uh, which, you know, they need a backup five. That's that's someone that they've been looking at. Uh, Kelly Olynyk is another guy that I think could be interesting for the Clippers. So there are moves that they can make. And I think the Clippers and Bucks are in a similar situation here because they both have aging cores. They have guys who are getting older and getting older 
and getting younger players to kind of play alongside those guys mm-hmm. makes a ton of sense. So I'm not sure what move they do, but getting younger just seems like such an important thing for both those teams right now. Yeah, and and especially watching them go up against the Mavs, um, even though obviously the Mavs blew that one, uh, Paul George, it was a little hard to watch because the movement is just... Like he's still he's still still Paul George still gets buckets, but there you can just at least in my opinion he looks a little bit slower. He just doesn't. He looks like he relies more on his teammates as opposed to just being someone that will just take the ball, go down, and get you a bucket. And so um, I do wonder. I could see them. I could see them going. You know, maybe even the Cam Reddish route. I could also see them going um, for a Gary Trent, trying to pull off a Gary Trent move, um, or even like a. the Miles Turner thing, I've heard that a little bit. I think that that's, I don't want to say, like, unlikely. I think it's it's very intriguing. But it's it's pers- sort of wishful thinking. Yeah, like, I don't, yeah. it's not something that I'm necessarily hanging my hat on. Um, I think a PJ, like, there, there are, there are options for them to get younger. And I think that that, mm-hmm. I agree with you that I think that that should be the priority, bringing in talent that's still kind of on the younger side that yeah. allows you to compete, but also gives you flexibility, uh, similar to what we've been talking about with some of these other teams that might push uh, to, to, to really be buyers right now. Um, because for the Clippers, at the top of that roster, you've got the talent. So going out and trading for guys that are in their maybe early slash mid 30s, it it could pan out, but I think you're going to have more success if you prioritize kind of shaping out that, again, that youth movement to kind of help complement um, the the older guys, the vets. Uh, I think that that's the route that they need to go because to me, when I look at them on a, I guess, night-to-night basis and, and with them being in the middle of the pack, it's really hard to like push in all your chips if your top two guys are not 100%. Right, yeah. That's 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 very it's interesting. Tough. Yeah, it's it's tough to re- like give that reasoning, and I think to a certain extent you could look at Milwaukee and say that as well because Chris Middleton hasn't been a hundred percent right, and you can say like, okay, maybe this year just isn't our year because we yeah. can't ha- get healthy. Uh, with the Clippers, it's a lot harder to say that though because they've been doing this every single season. Yeah, um, and the pressure is—I mean, the pressure is on for. As much as we talk about Brooklyn and how unsuccessful they've been in the playoffs and all the drama and whatnot, um, the Clippers have very quietly been just as unsuccessful. Uh, yeah. Even though they had that, you know, conference finals run, I think there's a lot of questions to be had about Kawhi and the, the health and Paul George. And I think Paul George is having a great season. I imagine he probably ends up being an All Star, but like, there's there's still questions to be had about like, yeah. hey, how does this team end up? Uh, figuring things out and, you know, the contract situations, they're expiring. I believe Paul George has three years left. Kawhi has three years left. So, like, time is ticking for this yeah. team to figure it out. Um, and that that's going to be very, very interesting to see. You have a final team, I believe? I do. I do. And it's – I don't want this to be, like, a, a shot fired. But I okay. do think Atlanta needs to really be – they need to be pushing some chips in because right. while I don't think that they necessarily have a move that can put them in a win now where they're competing for a title, yeah. you need to be you need to be further along than they are. And and this season I think most people would say, okay, yeah, you're ta- you've you pushed your chips in with DeJounte Murray, but you've kind of taken a step back. Like it, nobody's really nobody's betting on Atlanta, I think, right now. No. And so um, while they've got, we've talked about the coaching stuff. We've talked about even the John Collins stuff. They've got very movable contracts. They still have really sizable contracts. But again, I mentioned like, um, even like a Josh Richardson, there are small moves that you could make to move off of money. If you're like, Hey, we, this, this Bogdan Bogdanovich contract is maybe a little bigger than we wanted it to, to be, uh, let's go ahead and, and swap for like a, a Josh Richardson plus to make the money work. Right. Um, a deal like that or or even just making moves to better set yourself up financially or even going straight for the John Collins let's switch this out let's get something going but to me if Atlanta goes uh if the deadline comes and goes for Atlanta and they still have John Collins they still have Clint Capella and they still have Bogdan Bogdanovich that's a fail to me that is a fail and one of those three guys you can go out and make something happen with that you absolutely can and so I think there are opportunities for them to kind of 
regain some shooting. I believe they're 23rd in the league right now in three-point yep. percentage. Um, yeah, losing Kevin Herter and seeing what he's doing in Sacramento, I'm sure that's really hurting them right now. And so going out another, again, bringing up Duncan Robinson, another guy who could bring in some shooting and also could allow you to recoup on some draft assets, uh, even the Doug McDermott to a lesser degree. I think that there are paths out there for Atlanta, and they absolutely need to be jumping on them because right now the direction and the trajectory that they're on is not a good one. Yeah, and on top of that, you know, they've given up these draft picks to San Antonio to acquire DeJounte Murray. Uh, They did gain a draft uh, pick back in the Kevin Herter deal, a 2024 draft pick, first-round draft pick. So maybe there is something to be had there by moving one pick or switching out and kind of flipping a Clint Capella because I do think Onyeka Okongwu, he's ready. Um, he's ready. He is. He is. He is ready to to be a starting center in this league. I think he's also a guy that's going to be paired really, really nicely with Trey Young. So defensively, Onyeka is a guy you can rely on, in my opinion, uh, moving forward, which makes Clint Capella a little bit more expendable. Now Capella has had a shaky year. He had a shaky last season, and he is getting a little bit older. So there's always questions of like, okay, uh, if we're taking on this guy. How are we going to be compensated for that? I don't know if he's a, a, a bad asset that way. I think some yeah. teams who are dying for some rim protection could be interested in a guy like Clint, Clint Capella. Uh, John Collins is 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 another guy to me who I just think the contract is too big for any team to swallow. I mean, four years, $23.5 <laughs> million a year is really, yeah. really crazy for a guy like John Collins. And then the Bogdan Bogdanovich front, I think he's a shooter. I think he's a guy you kind of can't move can't off move. at this point yeah, because of the fact that they've struggled. So uh, to me, Clint Capella and John Collins are two guys that I could see them moving off of, getting a little bit younger in that sense too because Capella is 28. He's getting a little bit older. You can slot in a Kongwu who's 22. Kind of a let's step back this year so that we can look better moving forward type of thing. And I don't know how that how that plays with Trey Young. Mm-hmm. who seems yeah. very adamant to, to win now and be competing now. But I I think long-term-wise, it does make a ton of sense. Now, yeah. we have to throw it out all out the window if the Hawks and Trey Young say, no, we need to compete right now and we need to be sure. a, a good team right now. So I'm not sure what they do, but they absolutely have to make a move. Right. Um, and I think between Capella, between Collins, maybe even adding in some of their expirings like a Justin Holiday, yeah. or or maybe throwing in a young guy like a Jalen Johnson, I could see them making some moves around the edges to kind of refine this roster. What that move is, I don't see anything that's clear cut. I know yeah. the, the Utah move is something that was mentioned with maybe a Jared Vanderbilt coming back, maybe right. a Jordan Clarkson, Malik Beasley. Malik Beasley would be a great, great fit for this Hawks team because of the yep. shooting, because of the floor spacing. So there are deals out there. Uh, it's just a matter of like what is worth it, what's the value added. And I guess to sum everything up, to circle back to our first trade that we kind of broke on the Objective Basketball Podcast, by the way, woohoo! Um <laughs> It's all about value when it comes to these trades. Uh, And sometimes when we look at deals, uh, especially initially, and I always go back to the Sabonis and Halliburton deal because you kind of looked at it from from a face value and you're like, what the hell are the Kings (laughs) doing? But you fast forward a year and it makes a lot of sense. So Mm -hmm. in the moment, some of these deals might look a little bit crazy, but looking at it from a long-term perspective, it makes a lot more sense. And yeah, the... The Hachimura for, you know, three second round picks and Kendrick Nunn isn't that substantial of a deal. We're not talking about Sabonis for Tyrese Halliburton here, but there are going to be tons of other moves coming in the next couple of weeks. We at the Objective Basketball Podcast are going to be breaking down all of those deals, all of the trade deadline minutia and rumors that you hear. We are going to talk about it. We're going to break it down for you. Lauren, anything else before we head out? No, I think we hit it all. Yeah. Okay, well, appreciate you guys tuning into the Objective Basketball Podcast. Do the things you guys usually do to help us support this thing, and we will see you guys later. Peace. Follow hosts at Just S. Barahini on all socials and at the Lauren Gun on Twitter. The Objective Basketball Podcast. Delivering the NBA to you like no other.